Hello, and thank you for joining us on Dark FM Radio. We are currently... On the air. Standards are coming thick and fast now. Here's the Bridge City Jazz Men's version of another favorite, Jada. Hail you ghouls and goblins out there. You've tuned into Dark FM Radio. As always, I'm your host, James Blackbone. If you've listened in before, then you know what we do. But if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. Here at Dark FM Radio, we tell stories. And not just any stories. First-hand accounts of unexplainable and creepy experiences. Anonymous emails and letters from regular people who claim to have witnessed or experienced something from either the supernatural... Maybe some sort of strange or dark encounter, or just an overall terrifying experience. Tonight we have a few spine-tingling stories that are bound to get under your skin. So, sit back, relax, turn out the lights, and join us. I was a live-in caretaker for a 94-year-old woman with Alzheimer's for about a year and a half. She moved into her daughter's home deep in the woods in the middle of nowhere, Washington. Marie was prone to say weird things, like that her sister, who was deceased, mother, who was deceased, and husband, who was also deceased, were in the house or outside regularly. I myself had been working with dementia patients for years, so it never really got to me or bothered me. But Marie was terrified of those woods. She would always tell me how there's dangerous animals out there and how I could get lost easily so I must always stay inside. She was also worried about her mother and husband having to travel through them. Again, this really wasn't worrisome behavior given her health condition. I'd been working with her for about six or seven months when I would start waking up to her walking down the halls in the middle of the night. Sundowning is fairly normal for people with Alzheimer's, so... Again, I wasn't troubled by any of this. She started going to a specific window and giggling, like she was interacting with someone outside the window. When I asked what she was doing, she'd say my mother is out there. Kind of weird, but there's a different perception in her world now. One night, in the dead of winter, her daughter and I are awoken to the blaring sound of the house alarm. The daughter and I, at the doors and windows, none of which seemed to be disturbed or unlocked. The only thing missing is Marie. She's nowhere in the house. Panicked, I rush outside to find her, while her daughter continues to search the house. No tracks anywhere, no disturbed snow, nothing. After 10 to 15 minutes of yelling and searching the woods, I start making my way back to the house where her daughter already was in the process of calling 911. 
As I approached the house, I see Marie. Standing outside the window she normally stood at giggling. There's not a single footstep in the snow around her, nor is she cold to the touch. She's just standing there, laughing at nothing. Didn't even know she was outside. Her late night window visits became more and more frequent after this, but less happy. She'd get combative with the window and scream at whoever she believed to be there. Then it just stopped one day. One of the last conversations I had with Marie before she passed, she told me not to let them take me into those woods. And I hope they didn't. When I was seven years old, my father took my older brother and I to a cabin in the middle of literally nowhere for a week as a vacation. We also took a cat with us. Everybody had their own room, and I had the room furthest from the other two, positioned right where the woods started. There was a window right next to my bed, and on the right side, there was a tree right next to it. And I remember getting to climb the previous day without success. The bedrooms were on the second floor. By the way, and the window didn't have any curtains or blinds to cover it. One night, I remember feeling really homesick and unable to sleep. The cat was lying on the bed with me. I was reading a comic book with a flashlight. When around 2 a.m., I began hearing a tapping on my window. At first, I just assumed it was a tree branch tapping on the window, because it was a windy night after all. And that was until I began to hear whispers. I just remember freezing in fear, feeling like a bunch of ice water had just been poured on top of me. I could hear whoever it was tapping, then saying things like, Open up, son. It's daddy. I mean, Luke, it's cold out here. And the worst one I heard was, Come on, it's daddy, I just want to cuddle. I was paralyzed by fear. I just lay on my side, facing away from the window, terrified, close to tears. I knew it wasn't my father, and in my imagination, I thought it was the boogeyman or some kind of other creature. It would kill me. All the while, my cat was hissing and clawing at this guy. I just remember holding him, burying my face into his fur because he felt like a safety net. I won defense against this guy, as I couldn't work up the nerve to call for my father. Then I remember hearing this horrible screeching noise. I looked around to see what it was. I could see this guy with the most maniacal grin that I've ever seen, like something out of a horror movie, dragging a pocket knife against the glass, making that horrendous noise. I found my voice and screamed bloody murder. The grin disappeared. He looked like a combination of horrified and absolute full of rage. But then my father came barreling into the room with his hunting rifle. And as you can imagine, seeing that made this guy panic and sort of drop backwards. My father looked at me and made sure I was okay. My brother ran in the room and then my father went off to go catch this guy 
hopefully before he got away. But unfortunately, it wasn't a long drop, and the man probably only got a few bruises from it. He was definitely gone by the time my father got out there. We waited the night. Nobody slept. Before we packed up and went home the following day. I have no clue if they ever caught that guy. Though I remember my father following a police report and having me talk to the police to give them a description. I'm still grateful for my cat. Turns 14 this week and is still as feisty as ever. For providing me comfort during that awful, terrifying night. I was only 10 the last time that my family had gone to our cabin for a vacation. We used to go every year, but after that time, we stopped, which I was glad about because something really strange happened the last time I was there. It was me, my older sister, my mother, and my father. They had all gone to sleep and I was restless. I mean, it was early, and I was 10 so I didn't know what to do with myself. I end up making the foolish decision to sneak out and stare at the stars. We didn't get those kinds of sights in the city, so I snuck out of the cabin as quietly as I could and made my way to the fire pit. The fire had long been put out, but it was a good place to sit and overlook the field near the cabin and see the stars. As I sat there, I looked out into the field and at first, I couldn't tell what I was seeing. It looked like something was moving in the tree line just beyond the field. It wasn't until it stepped out into the light that I realized it was a man, and he appeared to be heading towards the woods on the other side of the field as he made his way through the field. I could see more and more of what he was doing because of the moonlight. I noticed he was dragging something that looked heavy. My heart just about to stop though when I noticed he stopped moving and turned in my direction. I wasn't sure that he saw me until I noticed he lifted his hand and I swear he waved. I was so scared however to my relief he just kept on moving. I immediately went inside it didn't say anything about it to my parents. I didn't want to get in trouble for sneaking out. It wasn't until five years later, when we were all sitting outside of our home, enjoying some takeout by the pool, that I ended up bringing it up. I didn't think anything of it. We had just been talking about some scary things that happened to us, so I thought it would be a good one to share, but the look on my dad's face told me that I had said something that really freaked him out. That was when he explained to me why we have never gone back to that cabin. Apparently, two weeks after we had left and gone home, my parents were questioned by the police considering a body that they found near our cabin just a few days after we had left. Apparently, upon searching the area, police found nine different bodies buried in the property. I will absolutely never forget what I saw that night, or how lucky I am still to be here.
I was so excited to be getting back to the cabin with my cousins. It had been a few years since I had been able to join them on their weekend hunting trips. But finally, our schedules lined up and my parents let me go with them. It was just me, my two cousins and their dad, my uncle. We made it to the cabin and began to unpack. The boys and I couldn't wait to get outside and run around the woods for a little while before it got dark. So, that's exactly what we did. We dropped our stuff off and immediately ran outside. We were out there for about two hours before my uncle called us in for dinner. When we got inside, he seemed a bit weird, but I didn't think anything of it. I just sat down and got ready for some dinner. That was when my uncle asked my older cousin if he remembered leaving the door open or anything like that. He seemed to think that a squirrel or some sort of animal had gotten in and had been rummaging through whatever they had left there. My cousin said no. And that was the end of that conversation. We didn't speak another word about it. We just enjoyed our pasta and talked about our plans for the next day. All through the meal though, I couldn't help but shake the feeling like something was looking at us. Again, I just brushed it off like it was nothing and finished eating. After a few hours, it was time for bed. My cousins and I got to stay in the living room of the cabin, on the pull-out couch and the reclining chair, while my uncle slept in the room that was in the back of the cabin. It took a while because we didn't have a TV, but we eventually fell asleep. However, about an hour after finally passing out, I woke up to my younger cousin shaking me. When I asked him what he needed, he didn't move. But I noticed his eyes were locked onto the window. When I looked, I couldn't help but scream. Other side of the window, I could see a full-grown man looking in at us. I yelled so loud that I startled everyone in the cabin awake. My older cousin and my uncle. It was so loud that even the man outside the window seemed shocked. My uncle came running out to ask me what happened. We explained everything and without a second question, my uncle grabbed his cell phone and called the local police. They said they would be at the cabin in about 10 minutes. So until then, we all went into my uncle's room, where he had his hunting rifle. And that was where we waited until the police arrived. After about 20 minutes of searching the woods, they found a man who had been hiding out in the bushes about a mile away. When they found him, the police said that he had a knife on him that looked like a kitchen knife. It was one of the ones from the cabin. To this day, the only conclusion that we could come up with is that the man had been staying in the cabin without my uncle knowing. And when we showed up, he had to leave. But he left prepared. Come back and take the cabin by force. I'm thankful every day that my little cousin managed to see the man before anything bad could have happened. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dark FM Radio. Credit our source for these stories, MJV Animations on YouTube, as well as Martin Animations, you can also find on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, it truly does help us. Thank you again for tuning in to Dark FM Radio. Good night.